So all of us are here because we're interested in liberating ourselves. We're interested in freeing the heart from suffering. Out of a sense of faith, of confidence in the teachings of the Buddha and this uh, tradition that we're part of that's been handed down to us over many generations. The uh, forest tradition of, of Thailand and uh, Lumpur Cha, Janman, and the great masters who practiced in the, uh, in the jungles uh, in a country very far removed from uh, 21st century Britain. And yet uh, the practice uh, is the same. The outward circumstances are different. Uh, we don't have mosquitoes here except in the summer, summer, just a very few mosquitoes. Um, it's much cooler. Uh, this evening it's quite, quite chilly. There's a, a frost. Clear, beautiful sky, the stars. And we're in a situation where we have people from many different countries practicing together. Uh, some of us uh, who've made a, a commitment to live as monastics and also a significant number of people who are practicing within the lay form, uh, living in the monastery here. Uh, some who've been here for many years supporting us, supporting the, the monastery, and others who are just staying for a few months uh, to enable us to have this time of retreat. This time where we set aside uh, many of the duties, the responsibilities in order to focus exclusively on our real responsibility, our real opportunity to really focus on, on the heart, on the mind, and all of the different ways that we create suffering for ourselves. We've heard many, many teachings over the years, uh, and some of us have given many teachings. And this is important because we need to be uh, reminded. And we need a lot of encouragement. Uh, I think particularly during a time of retreat where uh, circumstances are very favorable for practice. Uh, not, not many distractions. Um, a lot of quiet, we're not talking very much at all. So there's not a lot of conversations that we have to have or that we need to listen to. And this gives us an opportunity to attend more closely to the uh, conversations that go on inside our heads. Or maybe it's more a monologue. <laughs> a monologue telling us what we should be doing, what we are, 
um, what we've done that's not very good, uh, perhaps how we'll never be any good. Uh, some of us may have that kind of monologue. Uh, for others, it may be a more kind of, we might have a, a plan, you know, the different kinds of meditation we're going to do over the next weeks and months, and uh, the progress we're going to make. Uh, and these uh, monologues go on for, for all of us. All of us experience this kind of internal chatter. And it can be very um, uh, very frustrating because you know, we've heard about the quiet mind, we've heard about uh, samadhi and uh, the calm mind, and this, this is what we'd like. And yet this chatter can seem to go on and on and on. So we need encouragement to keep going, even when it, it may seem to be uh, very difficult. One of the things that can happen is that we can have a lot of memories, a lot of things that we remember that uh, some things, happy memories, but we also may remember quite difficult things uh, that have happened to us in our lives. And these may come bubbling up, you know, in our quieter moments, maybe on our walking path, we may find ourselves remembering painful, difficult, humiliating experiences. Or we may find ourselves remembering things that were extremely pleasurable, uh, things that we experienced before we became nuns or monks, a feeling of wanting to return to uh, those pleasant experiences or to recreate them. We may find ourselves feeling disturbed by some piece of information we've received, maybe something we've just heard a, overheard a conversation or um, heard some, some piece of news. Uh, and there's this pandemic happening all around us and um, we may, some of us have heard news of, of what's happening with that. And or what's what, what the government's doing in response to it. And this can also be very disturbing to the mind. We can feel a lot of fear, a lot of concern, um, or maybe a lot of righteous indignation. You know, how could they do this? How could they say this? They've got it all wrong. Uh, we may find ourselves thinking and planning all these things can arise in the mind uh, when there's nothing else to distract us. And this is completely normal. You know, sometimes people think that as soon as you become a nun or a monk, uh, as soon as you sit down to meditate, the mind goes completely quiet. I remember being quite shocked when somebody somebody said this to me. 
this kind of idea that uh, the minds of all monks and nuns are totally quiet, <laughs> never a, a mean thought, uh, never a, a lustful or uh, foolish thought in the mind. Uh, and maybe that's the case for some of us, but certainly um, in my experience it's certainly not the case. And particularly when we have a time of retreat, it seems that at those times every single uh, foolish thought that uh, one can ever imagine seems to arise in consciousness. We might feel a complete failure if we imagine that our practice is about making the mind calm and empty if we think that that is liberation. But the way I understand practice, it's much more about making peace with the way that things are. I've been interested in listening to Ajahn Amaro's morning reflections the last few days just really encouraging us to um, establish present moment awareness. You know, around the most basic things. Awareness of the body, awareness of the breath. Awareness of the mind itself. You know, rather than reaching out to some pleasant future state that we hope that if we practice hard enough we'll attain, to make the entire focus of our practice here and now. This requires an enormous leap of faith. It feels like something that's totally irresponsible and letting go of our plans, our ideas, even our very good ideas and just being present. But actually it's a, a really wonderful invitation a really wonderful opportunity to just be here now. To actually trust in the Dhamma. Uh, the Buddha's teachings all point to this Dhamma, to this truth. So we don't actually grasp hold of the teachings we look to where they're pointing. They're pointing to here, now. What's happening here and now? How is it right now? Really trusting that this is what's going to uh, support us. This is, this is where liberation lies. In this moment. In relinquishing the struggle for things to be otherwise just resting in this moment, in the here and now. 
living in harmony with reality, with truth, allowing everything that we do to accord with that reality, that truth. So the practice is very, very simple. And because of the way that we've uh, been conditioned, our mind has been conditioned, uh, it requires an enormous uh, and very particular kind of effort. because we're conditioned to hold on to all of our ideas of who and what we are. We're conditioned to hold on to, to make much of our plans, of our strategies, uh, to get what we want. And to get rid of what we don't want. (laughs) Uh, This is what we do. This is the way the mind has been programmed. Uh, And it's not just going to stop because we've set foot on the path. Uh, Having put our feet on the path, this is just the beginning. So our attentiveness to what's happening here and now requires that we attend to the mind as it is. with all its thinking and planning and wondering about this and that, all of our mean, negative thoughts, all of our lustful, greedy thoughts, our strategies, our ideas, our irritation, our righteous indignation about this, that, and the other. These things, these are what arise in our minds. And it's not going to just disappear because we don't don't want it to be there. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not how it works. And if we don't want it to be there, then that's just another thought, isn't it? I shouldn't have this thought. I shouldn't have these mean, nasty thoughts. My mind should be calm and peaceful. I should love everybody. I should get on well with everybody. We should work in harmony. Always friendly with each other. Yeah, that's, that's certainly true. We should. <laughs> and yet, sometimes it's not like that. So we should establish presence. This is the most skillful thing that we can do. Attend to the mind, the body, just the way they are. Notice what's happening. 
when there's a sense of calm and inner ease and well-being, we can notice that. We can enjoy that pleasant state. That's allowed. There's a sense of ease and happiness. That's allowed. Just resting in that pleasant mind state without clinging, without attaching to it, letting it be, letting it go, letting it change. Learning how to flow with life. Sometimes it's pleasant. And sometimes it's extremely difficult, extremely challenging, not pleasant at all. Can we be present with that? Can we stay attentive to the mind when it's struggling with something? Filled with ill will, either towards ourselves or towards somebody else. Or filled with all kinds of thinking and planning. Or some, some silly tune that we remember. I, I made up this wonderful mantra based on a Negro spiritual that I learned years and years and years ago when I was a kid. It's been going around in my head for days. <laughs> and just seeing that the practice is not, I'm not going to get rid of it because I don't like it. But just bearing with it. Allowing it to be there when it's there. Noticing when it's gone, when it's not there. So putting all of our attention, all of our effort into being present, into establishing presence of mind, being here, now. When we're sitting, we're sitting, we're fully present, fully with the body as it's sitting. When we get up, when we bow, we walk out of the temple, out of where we're sitting. We're with the body as it walks. On our walking path, we're with the body as it walks. Whether it's our feet touching the ground, whether it's the air on our skin, whether it's the fragrance in the air, the fragrance of the wood smoke on a chilly evening or early morning, Fragrance of the meal being prepared. <laughs> Noticing the changing light coming to our senses. Hearing the quiet space around us. Attending to this moment And when there are thoughts in the mind about who and what we are or what we have been or what we have done or what we might do or 
what we should do or thoughts of people that we love, that we care about, who are far away, thoughts of people we've hurt or been hurt by. When these things arise in the mind, we're present with them. Letting go, allowing them to change, relinquishing our hold on them, either being fascinated by them, clinging to them, elaborating on them, building them up into some great strategy or some strong idea about some ghastly mistake we've made or some real harm that's been done to us or whatever it is. Rather than involving ourselves in the story or struggling to get rid of it, we simply notice this is how it is. These are thoughts, these are memories. This is an emotion. This is a sense of emotion, of of sadness, of sorrow. This is sorrow. This is joy. This is happiness. Just noticing these things as they arise in consciousness. This is a feeling of regret. I don't know about you, but sometimes in retreats I can find myself remembering something that I've done that maybe hurt another person, feeling enormous regret. When there's regret, often the mind goes back over and over again, building on it, embellishing it, and making, making ourselves into some, you know, what an awful person I am for having done that thing. How stupid I was for not having done that thing. Missing an opportunity. And blaming ourselves, judging ourselves, blaming somebody else, judging somebody else. This is papancha, proliferation. So can we just notice this is what regret feels like? This is a thought. So we use language as a, as a skillful means to, to anchor the awareness. This is a thought, this is a memory. This is what it feels like to feel sad. Anchoring the awareness in the body. You can ask yourself questions like, how do I know that I feel sad? How do I know that there's sorrow? How do I know that there's anger? How do I know fear? Can I recognize fear as it arises? as a physical sensation or recognizing the thoughts associated with fear. That's tricky because it's, it can be difficult to catch the thought before one's pulled into it, pulled into a whole chain and pattern of reactivity. But if we can just notice the thought, sometimes you can catch it by writing it down. Have a piece of paper by you and just write down the thought the fear, whatever it might be. So our practice is about becoming more and more skilled 
at catching, catching thoughts, at remaining present when there's fear, anger, sorrow, grief, when these emotions are present, excitement, looking forward to something, excited about something, dreading something. Always anchoring the awareness in the here and now. This is where there's safety. This is where there's security. This is the secure abiding. Buddha Dhamma Sangha. Awareness. Awareness of this moment as we experience it. Recollecting our aspiration to live in accordance with truth. It doesn't make sense intellectually, but in terms of our practice, it's the only sensible thing to do. Otherwise, we just go round and round trying to find peace, happiness, security in a world that can never, ever provide these things for us. Always looking for more pleasure. More of a sense of ease and well-being in the future. Trying to get rid of, trying to get away from what is difficult. Liberation is here, now. One of the things I find very helpful is just contemplating an attitude of friendliness, of kindliness. A sense of really wanting the best. Wanting the best for myself. A real interest in uh, supporting and encouraging a sense of well-being. This is something I've found helpful, and I think each of us has to recognize what's needed. But I know that for myself, I've tended to be very uh, critical and judgmental 